This episode of the Haunted Road Trip Show is brought to you by Evidential Medium, Tracy St. Croix. Are you ready to find solution, acceptance, and closure for the traumas and hurts you experience in this world? Visit www.tracystcroixmedium.com and discover how an Arthur Finley College of Psychic Sciences trained evidential medium can provide life-changing experiences by connecting deceased loved ones with friends and family to achieve peace and closure. Welcome to the Haunted Road Trip Show, where we bring you powerful conversations, insights, and exciting site investigations that reveal the paranormal world in a way you've never seen before, up until now. Tune in and become part of a community that enjoys the thrill of finding out what the paranormal world wants to teach you and solve the issues. Be sure to visit our website at www.hauntedroadtripsshow.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, prepare to have your thirst for curiosity satisfied as you enjoy ghost stories, haunted house stories, and more. Welcome to Haunted Road Trip Show. You know who I am. I am Tracy St. Croix. Hello, all you fabulous, awesome people out there. And today, oh my God, I have got like a double treat whipped cream treat for you today. And I'm so psyched. I have my friend Adam Homey. Yes, that is his real last name, H-O-M-M-E-Y, Google it and see on there. And we have been um, solid work affiliates slash on our way to being friend friends since the pandemic. And that's what brought us, us together was we met in what I now refer to as um an entrepreneurial support group. (laughs) (laughs) That's accurate. It is very, very accurate. It is an entrepreneurial sports uh, support group called Meet Cool People. And you guys, Adam is just like a kick-ass guy. Like, you name it, he's done it. He's spoken on stages. Um, You name a podcast, a business podcast, and that man has probably been on it. Matter of fact, if you guys are ever interested in podcasting or fixing your podcast or just even want to talk about a podcast, this is the guy for you because guess who helped me put together this podcast? Yes. And you don't have to be psychic to figure it out. You don't. Yes. This man right here, he is the creator of podcasts. Reach program where he helps you launch your podcast, y'all. I'm telling you, he knows exactly what he is doing. I'm telling you, like, I I like somebody who is a producer and gets shit done, and this man gets shit done. Because he is the best-selling author of a book called Groundhog Day. It's an event, not a business strategy. And I absolutely <laughs> love it, and I'm so, I'm so, like, psyched to have him here. I can barely, I can't even keep my notes straight. Hi, Adam. Well, I am thrilled to be on the Haunted Road Trip show, and one of the things I really love doing is speaking about ghosts and spirits. I have been influenced by my interactions with them over the years, 
And it's been quite a journey. First of all, getting people to believe that I'm not just telling stories around the campfire, because that's how they sometimes get interpreted. But in terms of the discoveries that I've made and how these messages were being delivered to me in ways that were not always immediately apparent, but left for me to figure out. Yeah, you know, and and honestly, I'll be honest, guys, like when I first met Adam in this online group, I was like, I was like, I don't know if he's going to be open to the woo-woo world and, and things like that. And he's pretty, you know, he's pretty straight arrow, you know, calls it like. Oh, yeah. OK, straight you arrow. Know? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I did forget to say he does live in Vegas. So, you know, he's got skeletons in his closet. We just haven't figured out what they are just yet. Um, but I, you know, he, he really surprised me when he had me on his show and we started talking about some of the spirit interactions that he has had. So, I mean, you're, you're definitely a a believer. Would I say correct? Yes. I like that too. Believers are, are, are not that they're easier to talk to. It's just that the conversation kind of flows a little bit better. When you don't feel like you have to convince somebody of something, which I'm past that phase in my career now. Yeah. Like you want to be convinced, go to YouTube. (laughs) YouTube and Google are free as far as I can, I can tell on, on here. So I want, I want the audience to know a little bit about where you came from, why you feel like you're spiritually connected, because he's got some ghost stories, you guys that like, are like build up for decades before he found out what the fooby dooby they were trying to <laughs> You know, I think I think this all started when I was growing up and I experienced the phenomenon of deja vu. Uh-huh. It's the part of me that was inquisitive, the part of me that sought answers that whether it was through science or analogy or metaphor, wanted to know why it felt like Hey, haven't I seen this before? Didn't this happen before? And so at the time, this was the 1980s when I was a little kid, we didn't have really access to this thing called the internet. We had access to a thing called the library, so our resources were somewhat limited. And just the fact that I couldn't solve the the question, I couldn't resolve what was going on. Why did it seem like I felt like I'd seen this before made me even more curious. And then then I began the phenomenon of vivid dreams and feeling like that these dreams were so real that they were actually happening and sensing that there were things going on. I remember one night I felt like there was actually somebody standing outside my bedroom windows on the second floor peeking in uh-uh. right after I'd had a dream about it. I also... The night that my cat, Cleo, died, and she died of a heart attack, apparently, I had a dream about her dying. And I swear I heard her meowing out. My windows were closed, and she would have been outside maybe about 100 feet away, so there's no way I could have heard that, but somehow I knew. And then I also had the phenomenon of... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to go back, okay? Okay. Like... Somebody straight peeking in your window two floors up. Yeah. That's some scary shit. Like, and you dreamt about it, and then you woke up and saw it. Yes. Oh, my God. That is, like, 
horror, that's like horror movie 101. Oh my God. Did you, yeah. like, when you woke up, did you think like, oh my God, am I still asleep? Like, is this real? Yeah. Like, yeah. Get a gun, like, get a gun, and, call the yeah. cops, scream. And then, and then I was going to say the, the other thing that caused me to really get curious about this is what we know in the conscious world as sleep paralysis. I'd find myself in this twilight zone of being half awake and half asleep and knowing that I'm, you know, I don't know if the word trapped is the most apt metaphor, but you find yourself in this place where you are conscious of things that are going on, but the shapes look distort, distorted and but at the same time, you know that what you're seeing is actually what's happening. In fact, this this occurred to me just last night. I was having this interesting dream that uh, uh, all the electronics in my apartment were suddenly making very loud noises. And uh, that was because both my alarm clocks were going off at the same time. But yet there was a piece of that that knew that I was unconscious and knew that if I could just yell something loud enough, I could shake myself out of it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We've got multiple things going on there. We've yeah. got sleep paralysis. We have creeper peeper two floors up. <laughs> That's like, uh-uh, that, that, that is night. Like I, I would, even as a medium, I, I have a new story to tell that something that happened to me a few weeks ago that like, mm. it, I mean, it scared the shit out of me even being a medium. Like I wasn't scared of the spirit, but the situation startled. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, oh my God. I don't know what I would have done, but I, you know, sleep paralysis is such a common thing that a lot of people a lot of people experience and there there is some science out there about it um but i think you know i'm i'm not sure that scientists and doctors have really come to like a conclusion about what is our brain doing what is our body doing when this happens but i can only speak on the spiritual level of this cuz i'm not a doctor at all i'm not a scientist but i've experienced that and the way that i can explain it I figured it out is I made a rough landing back into my body. Like, yeah. I believe that when we go to sleep or a deep meditation or even like a cat nap, we maybe kind of <laughs> exit the meat suit for a few minutes and, you know, go somewhere to refresh or maybe say hello. And then when we need to wake up, we kind of come back in for a landing. Well, sometimes I think we come back in for a landing and we maybe have a rough landing and we get caught in the in-between world, in between right. like our bodies being fully awake and us kind of being either in, you know, an alternative dimension, whatever you want to call the dream world. And we're just like, our body's kind of like, what do we do? Yeah. How do we move forward? And I've always just learned how to kind of go, okay, I'm back in my body. I'm safe. I'm in my body. I'm safe. But that's, it's scary. Yeah. When we think about how sleep paralysis is, is portrayed in imagery, it's a spirit hovering over a sleeping body. Yes. And oftentimes I've talked to a lot of clients who have told me situations like this have happened in their sleep. And a lot of times, and this is only because I've had so much trauma therapy myself that I'm like, that's not a spiritual thing. And you need to go talk to a therapist because there could be some things from your past that are trying to come up to be talked about. And this is not a spiritual thing. This is a, a you know, emotional, psychological 
thing that I am grossly underqualified to uh, tackle. Oh, who do we have? <laughs> this is Princess Stella Juliana. Oh, and she has a sister too, doesn't she? Well, they're not actually sisters. They were rescued at the same time. So uh, they have, they're actually pretty well bonded, thank God, because I'd rather them be uh, lovers and fighters. Uh, Princess Alessandra, who may join us at some point, she does tend to hang around whenever I do interviews. Oh, well, she, she, you know, she sensed a fellow witchy woman, so she yes. check her out. Yes. That's exactly, and I love that you have a black cat, all black cats. Yeah, they're both black cats, the domestic short hairs. Oh, I absolutely, I absolutely love that. Only the best people in the world have black cats. That's just my yes. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that is just my biased opinion. And like, what I was really, you guys, I was so shocked when I was talking with Adam on his podcast about he has had, um, uh, visits from a very controversial historical figure. And when me and him talked about it, even I was stunned at the information <laughs> that I got that came through. I was like, is this right? And he's like, uh-huh, you're, you're on the right track there. You're, you're pretty much. So, um, and you kept getting cryptic messages from spirit. Yeah. Well, and that, and, and that's pretty common. Yeah. Before we get into the controversial historical figure, let's uh, cover very briefly the catalyst that brought me to Las Vegas, ultimately. Oh, I was, yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh originally, and I had decided years before I left there that I wasn't going to spend my life there. And, and, and over the course of time, I found that I was actually building up a life in the southwestern part of the United States. Uh, my top client and one of my best friends were in Los Angeles. I was doing a lot of business in L.A., San Diego, Phoenix, Las Vegas, and I was traveling over to this part of the country, this part of the country a lot to the point where when I came out here, it felt like a homecoming. And when I went back to Pittsburgh, it felt like I was leaving town. My accountant suggested to me that with the amount of travel expenses, we were floating on credit cards that weren't getting paid off that I should probably just move here. And I gave it and and that kind of, you know, but the catalytic event happened right after whatever the Saturday was after Independence Day in the year 2013. I think it might have been like July 6th or something. I can't remember the exact date, but it was that Friday night going into Saturday morning. I had a dream that I was back in college again, and I was back in my part-time job working at Wendy's. And it was about 7.30 in the evening, and the store manager, his name was Dennis, right around that time, he would leave for the evening. And he would walk through the line carrying this uh, this brown sort of attache bag or something like that that he kept his paperwork in and uh he'd usually stop and have a couple conversations with folks on his way out and in this particular and i didn't even quite realize it was a dream it was so vivid he uh yeah he he spoke with a couple people he kind of walked by me but just when he got to the door where he was going to exit the line he turned to me and he said adam i'll see you in las vegas that's not that's not really the spooky part though. Now at this point, this is 2013. It had been 15 years since I'd worked for him, and 15 years since uh, I'd even really been in touch with him. So I thought, you know, I'm going to look him up, uh, and uh, and if it's still the same phone number, or I can get his phone, or I'm going to give him a call because you know, just just been a while. Well, I did find him very easily. He was being buried that morning. He had just died. Stop it! Yeah. 
And he picked you to go to. Yep. He must have liked you a lot. It's possible. I what I what I but I made the connections like he said see you in Las Vegas as he was departing the physical world. So and, it, and it was that and it was that very day that I made the decision that when my lease was up on my apartment in Pittsburgh, I was going to get in my vehicle and cross the country. I think that's awesome. That just shows you like a couple of things. The power of spirit. Yeah. The power of our abilities to connect with spirit in spirit world, even if it is dream world. And the power of their messages that were like, heck, yeah, I'm doing that. I had a similar experience um, with, with mm-hmm. a very famous, famous celebrity in a dream that told me I was going to do something, and I did it very, yeah. very shortly. A huge thing that I was like, and I woke up and I said, Ellen DeGeneres said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to talk. I want, I want my audience to know more about very, very controversial historical figure that you seem to have ongoing cryptic conversations with for like decades. Yeah, it lasted for almost uh, 25, maybe 30 years. It ultimately came to an end, and there's a reason why he stopped making his appearances. It had to do with how he finally got his message across. So when I was, uh, when I was but a young lad, I loved to study history, and I spent a lot of hours in this little alcove room that was connected to my bedroom where I had my library and I would sit up sometimes very late at night reading history books. Uh, I also had a set of encyclopedias. I would read the encyclopedias. Okay. And so I'm reading about something probably related to European history of the 20th century, which is one of the things I've always been a big fan of. And then I sense a shadow above me. And I look up and I like, what? I swear to God, I was receiving a visit from Benito Mussolini. He was wearing the green uniform. He had that he had, he had he had that thing where he jutted his chin up and everything and that you know the way he sort of glowered down at folks. Wow. And whatever the spirit was and I thought it was him, he said in clear but very heavily accented English, he said, "Make sure they know I tried to stop it." Then Wow. What was it? Over the course of many years, it would happen completely at random. And the spirit that I thought was him would show up again and it would say substantially the same thing. Make sure they know the truth about what I did. Make sure that they know I tried to stop it. Make sure I tried to save their lives. It was that same theme, uh, sometimes worded slightly differently. Now, around the year 2007, that when YouTube really became a thing, I found a video of Mussolini where he made a two-minute address to Italian immigrants who had moved to the United States, and he gave the address in English, and I clicked play on it, and son of a gun, it was the voice. I had never never heard his voice speaking English before, but it was exactly that voice. It's in chills down your body or something. Yeah. So we're going to fast forward now to the summer of 2014. I had just, I was in the process of going through a really, really bad breakup. 
And yeah, we've all been there. And as part of my process of identifying how I could deal with this, how I could move forward with it, a number of things had already happened. I'd uh, Because I had a feeling that it might get ugly, I'd taken some of my clients and some of my business allies into my confidence and let them know, you know, it's possible you might see something on social media about how I'm some sort of ogre. I'm not, but there's somebody out there who's really upset that our relationship came to an end. So if you see anything, check with me before you decide what to believe. Let me just, I uh, just, I ask you to do that much for me. And then they would ask me, okay, what happened? I said, okay, what really happened? And I'd tell the story. And basically the message I got was, hey, welcome to the club, pal. We've all been there. <laughs> but that still, that, that still wasn't solving it. So I decided to see uh, my hypnotherapist. And so they put me under, took me through a guided exercise. And then the first scene, well, actually three things were coming together. There was the breakup. There was a recurring dream I had also been having for years about being in an abandoned schoolhouse. And it was the and it was, and it was the same schoolhouse where I'd gone to kindergarten, which in the conscious world today is mostly an abandoned building, except that they use part of it as a bus garage. Wow. And I, but I would have dreams about being in, in that place. And so the guided exercise began with being in my ex-girlfriend's bedroom and pulling a chain to turn her lamp on and off. And then next thing I know, I'm in the, what's known as, I'm going to translate in English, it's called the, the map room when the, within the Palazzo Venezio, which was Benito Mussolini's office when he was the capo de, whatever that title was, it means head of government in Italy. He had this giant office. It was about the size of an auditorium. He had his desk in the corner and there was a giant globe right in the middle of the room. So I found myself in that room, standing in front of the desk where he had these two enormous lamps on either end of it. You can look up pictures in the real world. You can see what this all looked like. But it was, it was definitely that setting. And he was standing behind the desk having a telephone call in Italian where he sounded really frustrated. And I was trying to get his like, hello? Hello? And he, wa- he wasn't responding to me. And then... Through the, the guidance, the hypnotherapist said, do what you need to do to get his attention. So I pulled the chain on the lamp. And in that moment, old Duce said this, you know, like one second. He slammed down the telephone, did this, and looked up at me and said, make sure they know I tried to stop it. The next part of the guidance I received from the conscious world was to walk over behind his desk, pick up the telephone, and call back whoever he'd been speaking with. Now, students of history may already know the connection here, but I'll get to it in just a minute. So I picked up the telephone and was having a conversation, and then I was reporting back Okay, so I'm actually speak, this is actually all in Italian, but basically what he's saying is, yes, I know the orders I gave you five minutes ago. I changed my mind. Yes, I know. Follow my orders. I'll deal with the goddamn League of Nations. Take care of it. And then hung up again. Wow. 
The next part of the exercise, for some reason, I was in that schoolhouse again. And I came out of an I came out of a closet in that schoolhouse, walked across the you know, walked across the hallway, and you had all the hallmarks of an abandoned building, you know, the towels on the floor that were coming up, the beams hanging from the ceiling and everything, and walked into a classroom. And Mussolini was there again. And this time, rather than wearing his uh, his Marshal of Italy's uniform, he was wearing uh, one of those three-piece suits with the bowler hat that he wore during his younger days. And he was standing by the chalkboard holding the the stick that teachers used to hold when they did their lectures. And on the, the, and on the chalkboard was written July 11th, 1934. And I got guidance to ask him, what does July 11th, 1934 mean? I asked the question. Next thing I know, I saw him walking to his car and leaving. Like he left me to figure out what July 11th, 1934 meant. So here's where all the themes come together. Okay. Remember I said it felt like he was appearing to me completely at random with these messages. I didn't know quite sure what they meant. Make sure they know the truth. Make sure they know I tried to stop it. Make sure they know I tried to save lives. Right. Hey, it wasn't July 11th, 1934. It was July 25th, 1934. And this was the date that the, um, that the Austrian Nazi party had attempted a coup in Austria, which is on Italy's northern border, and, and assassinated the chancellor, um, whose name was Engelbert Dolfus. Now, Dolfus and his family were friends of Mussolini and his family. And this infuriated the duce and uh and and contrary also to what we've been taught through history mussolini and hitler were not like buddy buddy they were frenemies on a good day they just happened to be alive because for lack of other options they were all they had for each other of course the propaganda because we were on the opposite side of opposite side of a war with them is what has been more enduring through human history but then they have to go back and look at the facts so after July 25th, 1934, uh, this, this, this nutcase uh, that is doing all this stuff in Germany has already sent his legions to try and launch a coup d'etat in a neighboring country. And the layer on top of that, not only was Dolphus Mussolini's friend, but at the time of Dolphus's assassination, Dolphus's wife and kids were visiting Mussolini's wife and kids at the Villa Torlonia or whatever that was called. It was the place where they lived. So not only did he have to deal with all the stuff he did, being the head of government during the day, having a potential geopolitical crisis breaking out on his northern border, and being in mourning for one of his really good friends, now he had to go home and deal with crying wives and widows and kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, if, I mean, if you're if you're a dictator bent on restoring the Roman Empire, somebody's getting invaded. <laughs> <laughs> So in history, what we find out is that is that Mussolini approached the British and the French and a couple of other powers offering to take care of the Hitler problem, which basically meant he was going to send his troops up north and just deal with it. So in my vision, after I hung up the phone in my guided exercise, I saw this map of Europe where this blue blob emerged from Italy, went through Austria up to Bavaria, and then formed a circle. So it implied what could have happened in history 
is that Italy invaded to stop Hitler before that thing really got started. And then we and then and then we also find out that Mussolini spent the next two years trying to form alliances to stop or contain Hitler before he switched sides. And he switched sides due to the whole thing with the uh the invasion of Ethiopia, which to some is known as the second Italo Abyssinian War. So what I figured out in a conscious world is that please let them know the truth. Let them know I tried to stop it. Let them know I tried to save lives. Goes back to anecdotal evidence that he may have tried to take actions to stop World War II before it began. And Maybe the, the, message, the, message, the message to me was that there are some situations that whether you're right or wrong, people are going to think you're a bastard. They're not going to understand it first. They're going to oppose you. They're going to think all sorts of things of, of you. But if you play the long game, eventually they will come to appreciate your position, whether or not they continue, whether or not they actually come to agree with it. And uh, Il Duce had not been appearing to me at random. I went back and actually wrote down, as best as I could from memory, the approximate dates and times that he had appeared to me. And in all those instances, I had been dealing with some situation where I was concerned that I might be seen in a certain light if people found something out. So do you think that, like, like, um, and my listeners will will get this, kind of where I'm going, like, Mussolini might be a little bit of some kind of, like, a a little bit of a guide to you in life? I think what could have happened is, and and we've spoken about this privately before, is people acquire karmic debts while they're in the conscious world, the human world. Right. And if you look at his life, uh, the tr- what, yeah, it, which ultimately ended in what might be perceived as either justice or travesty, depending on justice or tragedy, depending on which view yeah. you have of him. Uh, there's a recurring theme of him failing to rise to the occasion when him doing so could have fundamentally changed world events possibly for the better. Right. And it speaks to the possibility that he actually could have been somewhat weak-willed, which would explain what might be considered overcompensation through the man of will, the man of steel or whatever he called himself through his personality cult. I mean, he went so far with it. I mean, this is a guy who had himself photographed uh, uh, going skiing in the Alps wearing just a pair of shorts. Uh, he would go to farms and and do work in the fields with his shirt off. I mean, he was going so far to show his manliness and, and, and steely character. It, it really felt like overcompensation. So it would make sense if he was actually somewhat weak-willed. So as part of his, as part of his post-life, mission to repay that karmic debt perhaps one of his jobs is to go around to people and assist them in being strong where they need to be yeah because it's where he felt in his lifetime i believe it yeah i can i can definitely i i've got a few stories about people who have come to me that have been very very well known and 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 at times where i needed that like kick in the butt yeah. Or that that confidence. I, you know, Adam, I have a sneaky suspicion. I'm going to have you on here again. 
It could, it could be. And I will tell you, I've not had any of those visits in the past nine years, nor have I had any dreams about the abandoned schoolhouse for nine years. Yeah, but you live in Vegas, and it's like, like, that's like haunted, creepy, weird USA. It is. We've got Area 51 not far from us, and uh, we all know it's there now. There's no denying it. No, there's absolutely no denying it. So I, Adam, do you like, you want to play a little bit, you want to play a little bit of a game or a little bit of imagination game? Oh, I always want to play a little bit of an imagination game. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. So I, I know this is going to come as a shocker, but I love like creepy old homes and places like that. So we're going to play a game called book it or book it out of there okay and so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna show you um some spooky houses and you're gonna tell me if you would book it or book it out of there okay okay let's do it yes let's let's see okay here's our first one yes i i love these types so we have a um Neoclassical palace for sale in the edge of a Polish forest. Oh, I would I would book that one. You would? Yeah. You would stay in there? Yeah, sure. Even if like really bad thing I, I don't know. I get like and it's and it's no coincidence. I picked these pictures before our conversation, and it's no coincidence that the Nazis probably invaded here. Yeah. Whoever lived here at that time and whoever lived there at that time probably had a very untimely demise. It is for sale. Okay. You want to buy it? Well, yeah, I'd have to, I mean, we'd have to get some landscapers in there to cut that down so that I could use a lawnmower on it. Yeah, we need a good coat of paint there, probably some fresh carpet. I'd like that staircase, though. You so you would you would book it right? You would stay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we we might have to we might have to uh, either chase a few spirits out or uh, or make a deal with them that they stay in one part of the house or what have you. But I could see it. Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay. So here's another one. Let's let's do this because I could like totally feel people watching me around there. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to be hanging around there. Sorry, I'm booking it oh, out why? of there. Why? What's so? Und- I don't understand. Adam. Because because I'm going to fall through the floor. <laughs> you mean the porch? Yeah. <laughs> or you even get in the house? Uh huh. Something something about that house um, tells me that a family was murdered there. Exactly. And and the listing says, "Are you ready to own a piece of history?" I didn't. Re- I didn't read the description. Yes. Yeah, and and they're looking. This house is for sale too, and they're looking yeah. for the right craftsmen to bring this home back to life. Yeah, that wood's rotted beyond repair. Whereas that Polish house you showed me still looks like it's structurally sound. I I, I have a feeling I'm gonna end up in the basement in that exactly, thing, even if I was in the top floor. Exactly, but it's asking you even in the ad to envision your weekend getaway studio, or maybe even your classic bed and breakfast. Yeah, I'm gonna be envisioning my weekend getting away from uh, Ellery, South Carolina. Does this this doesn't this is creep? This yeah, is uh, yeah. I'm not I'm like, not stay I'm not staying there. Sorry, I'm not sleeping. Like I I am like 
No, this says like nothing good is going to come about your night stay here. No, that I'm not digging that at all. I I I like digging the old furniture. I wonder if that's a cop. I wonder if that's a typewriter. Yeah, this seems this seems like a, a dollhouse that Chucky took over. It does, you know, and that's what I was just going to say. Like, where are the abandoned dolls at? Uh huh. Is that is something that that I could definitely see, like. This, this, that whole house says to me, like, uh, no, whoever is, was there is still there. Yeah. And they're not into visitors. They're not into visitors at all. But it's only 95,000, Adam. Oh, uh, that, that, that's perfectly okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say no to this one and create somebody else's yes. (laughs) You mean the princesses wouldn't want you to live there? They 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 do not want to they do not want to go there. They don't want to go there. They I, do not want to go to Ellery, South Carolina. Uh they think Poland might be interesting though, but not Ellery, South Carolina. Okay, we'll go with the Polish um uh what do they call it? Neoclassical palace. Yeah. See and, see look see look at that. You you see that there's there's a bedrock to that building that regardless of what happens, it's going to stand the test of time. It's not gonna rot. Uh, yeah but i like i always feel like i look at those woods and i feel like i'm being watched in the woods like somebody's watching me from the woods. well yeah we're yeah we're gonna have landscapers in to not only get that get that yard down so that we can use a push mower on it again because i can i i think i could enjoy using a push mower on that on a nice uh 80 degree summer day but we'll probably uh clear that forest out a big bit and make a big yard back there because i am going to be concerned about uh bears or whatever their resident large scary animal is and i want to have some lead time if one of them shows up i don't know we're gonna like we're gonna need a lot more in sage as they say yeah we're gonna be cutting back those uh trees a bit uh because after all the thing has multiple fireplaces so we're gonna want to stock up on firewood oh my god yes we are definitely going to have to stock up on, on yeah firewood on that one so that is my yes book it or book it yeah (laughs) i might change the name of that i'm not sure if anybody in the audience has a new suggestion i'm always open to suggestions since we are totally new we're in our season one you guys so (laughs) i am like absolutely thrilled to have you now before adam uh books it out of here he does have a gift for everybody because nobody shows up to an interview or a party without a gift Okay, so actually, I want to tell one other brief story very was, quickly. Okay, There's one other thing, and this this only okay. this only takes a minute. Um, okay. Now, another I, recurring presence in my life was my paternal grandfather, who okay. died who died right before I turned four years old. My only conscious memory of him is being at his house during the last year or so of his life. And walking up behind him in the living room, and I and I and I remember he had a cigar lit, and he was watching something on television, and hearing him growl something. I'm I'm told he had a, a very very deep voice, and it was one of his characteristics. So I believe that I'm remembering that accurately as I saw it. And plus, he was dying of colon cancer, and uh, by many accounts that while during most of his life he was actually a pretty jolly individual, during that last year he turned into a mean son of a bitch from what I'm told. Which 
given his situation, I guess is understandable because I don't think it was very pleasant for him. I think part of the reason he smoked cigars up until the day he died is he figured he was on his way out anyway. He was going to do something that gave him joy. But anyway, he would show up again and again in my dreams, and he would say one phrase and then disappear. It would be, after the mill closed, I dug a ditch. That was the phrase. After the mill closed, I dug a ditch. I finally got around to asking my dad about that, and it turns out that after the mill closed and my grandfather lost his job, before he got in with the Department of Transportation, he did odd jobs, and many of them featured digging ditches. So the message he was given to me, is, uh, as I interpreted in the real world, was, well, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So just do it and get it over with. And what was going on in your life at that point? That's good. Because I did, as much as I could, connect those appearances, which I noticed didn't begin until I had become a full-time entrepreneur. I noticed that they coincided with problems where I had real financial worry. Our loved ones do come to us and help us in our time, you know, in our times of need. Sometimes they can't, you know, drop money in our lap, which we wish. Yeah. But sometimes they give, you know, unforgettable, memorable advice, which is just priceless. Yeah. I'll have to tell you the story of the time of my mother. She's in the spirit world, how she helped me to manifest a lawyer like on like that i was like i need a lawyer and i need a lawyer yesterday and i asked her for help and boom like Uh like that this this bulldog of a lawyer appeared and solved the problem in like five seconds wow yeah i'll have to tell you the story later it's un (laughs) it's un i mean a lot of people can relate but you know when you ask for help when when somebody in the spirit world, when your loved one's really good at something in the physical world, they're still really good at it in the spirit world. So say, you know, if you ever had to dig a ditch, guess what? You could ask your grandfather, where do I start? Where do I end? Help show me. And he yeah. can probably help to guide you in some kind of way because yeah. he's familiar with that work. Mm-hmm. Same way. You know, my mom was a really good people connector. Oh. Uh, that's how that worked. But I, tell us about your gift. Okay. Um, I was inspired years ago to collect my stories of my journey as an entrepreneur, uh, my own stories, stories of clients, stories of people I knew. Because I know a trend in the entrepreneurial world that business owners, entrepreneurs would start new things, that launch new things, that have opportunity come to them. And it seemed like no matter what happened, Give it a year and I'd be right back in the same place, asking the same questions, trying to solve the same problems, and uh, sometimes ultimately ended up with that exact same percentage or even dollar amount of profitability or lack thereof. Right. And I was speaking with my business coach one day, and I made this offhand comment that said, you know, it seems like for some of us, it's like being in that movie Groundhog Day except in hell. And he said, oh, so the title of your book is 
Groundhog Day is an event, not a marketing strategy. I said, no, I don't want to be labeled as a marketing guy. Oh, business strategy. Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. And that became the title of the book. I love it. Yeah. So uh, what happened is is this conversation happened in something like the summer of 2017, and then some things got in the way as as want to happen. So I found myself again in my home Groundhog Day loop. Fast forward to about, say, about the 10th of January 2018, and Groundhog Day is coming up, which is really the only, only appropriate day to launch a book that has the word Groundhog Day in the title because we commonly acknowledge it as being February 2nd here in the United States. So I had two choices, one of which was uh, to wait a year and do it in 2019 when I had more time, or rename the project so I could get it done in 2018, but it might be a name that I didn't resonate with with as much, and then I'd still have to come up with a new theme to link all the stories together. So I chose option three, which is to quote Sir Richard Branson, screw it, let's do it. I cleared a few days of my calendar, and I got that sucker out. Uh, I mean, it went live on Amazon at something like 11.50 p.m. Pacific time, February 1st. I'm talking just in time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so you can pick up your copy now at www.thegroundhogbook.com. There's a beautiful paperback version, and there's also a super convenient and adaptable Kindle version. Whatever meets your needs, www.thegroundhogbook.com. And be sure to contact me. Tell me that you saw me on the Haunted Road Trip show and share your thoughts on it. Yeah. Go get you some free stuff, guys. And we give good free stuff here. I don't give these, you know, Jack prizes here. We get a lot of <laughs> good free um, uh, and helpful tools to people. Um, here, but this has been absolutely awesome. And I will have all of, you know, I will have his information and all kinds of things in the links um, of the show, guys. So, you know, five star it, you know, start a rumor about the show, please, <laughs> you know, gossip about us, let, you know, but don't tell anybody <laughs> the reverse psychology thing. But no, seriously, guys, thank you guys so much. We are so happy to have this first season with you guys along with us on a road trip show, Paranormal History, Dying to be Heard. See you guys on the next round. Thank you for tuning into the Haunted Road Trips show, where we share powerful conversations, insights, and exciting site investigations that reveal the paranormal world in a way you've never seen before up until now. Remember to visit our website at www.hauntedroadtripsshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Haunted Road Trips show. And remember, paranormal history is dying to be heard.